It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McCanty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Today's episode is a bonus. It is the audio version of a video that I did on my second channel where I talk about exactly how much money I made every year from when I was 16 to, I think, 34, which was the first year I made $100,000. I just thought I would kind of share this because, I don't know, people tend to hold these cards close to their chest, and I feel like it's helpful to put this stuff out in the world. Maybe it'll help somebody listening. Before I get into that, I wanted to mention my social media coaching program that I've been doing for the past couple months because people have asked me about that. It is a fit for two main kinds of people. Number one, if you're a creator of some kind, so if you have a YouTube channel, a podcast, an Instagram page, Twitch, TikTok, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're a creator and you want to turn that into some kind of income, this program will help you grow your audience. It will help you figure out who you're talking to, what the message should be when you're talking to them, and most importantly, how to turn that into some kind of business or income. Second kind of person that it's a great fit for is anyone that is the founder or CEO of a company or the public face of a company. For example, I'm working with like an attorney, a financial planner, the founder of an executive coaching firm. Anybody who wants to grow their personal brand as a way of growing their company, basically using your personal brand as the main marketing vehicle for your company, perfect, perfect fit for those kind of people, essentially like the Gary Vaynerchuk model. I've taken quite a few people through the program that fit that description. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can hit the link in the show notes. And with that out of the way, let's get into this episode. In today's video, what I'm going to do is go through exactly how much money I made from the ages of 15 or 16 till 36, which is the first time that I made over $100,000 a year. Before I do that, though, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to one of the people that I took through my social media coaching program. You can find her on TikTok. Her name there is Dance Lily. She hit 10,000 followers on TikTok in like a month. Congratulations to her for putting in the work. She did it. So why am I doing this? Well, it's definitely not to brag because as you'll see, there's not like a lot to brag about. I can't be like Grant Cardone. Let me tell you how I made a billion dollars by the time I was 34 years old. And the way that I got the idea for this video is actually from an old episode of Loveline where Adam Carolla did this. You get a piece of paper from Social Security every so often that tells like how much money you made every year. He read that on air. He was basically a complete fucking loser until he was 31. Adam and I grew up like the way he describes the way he grew up is scarily similar 
to the way that I grew up. And I was like, well, if Adam was a loser until he was 31, but then he figured it out and his life kind of came together after that, well, then I can do it too. I said, I'm gonna figure my shit out by the time I'm 31. And I actually pulled it off, which is pretty amazing. So that's why I'm doing the video. And here are the numbers. The first job I had was when I was 15. I worked in a movie theater and minimum wage then was $4.90 an hour in Washington, which is how much I got paid. I think I only worked there for like, I don't know, six or nine months or something like that. I got fired for basically mouthing off to the boss. After that, I got a job at a print shop uh, in the town where I grew up. And I worked there from when I was 16 until I was 18. And I got paid $5 an hour there. I got a 10 cent an hour raise. After that, I moved to Cleveland and I got a job at Office Max. Uh, and I think I made maybe $6 an hour there. This is 1996. And then I got a job at Kinko's. Kinko's is what FedEx used to be called. They bought Kinko's and turned them all into FedEx. I worked there for... Uh, two years, and I think I made like $8 an hour there, which I was ecstatic about because again, going from $6 to $8 an hour is like, holy shit, I'm rich. <laughs> After that, I moved back to Seattle and tried unsuccessfully to get a job in the kind of tech scene that was happening at the time. This was like the original dot-com era, but I got there right as that was kind of imploding. And so I was not able to take part in that. And instead, I got a dead end job at another shitty print shop, which I absolutely hated. And I worked there for uh, two and a half years, maybe. I think I made like $11 an hour there, which again, I was pretty happy about. I hated the work though. It was hard. You know, I mean, printing is kind of like construction. It's like really, at least the version of printing that I did, it's like very high pressure, demanding, like loud, smelly, like not fun work. I got fired from that as well, again, for having a shitty attitude, but I was kind of okay with that because I, I sort of wanted to be fired. And I was 23 then, and I ended up freelancing for maybe about another year or so, just kind of taking whatever work I could get. I made another video about this, like how I met Chase Jarvis and ended up kind of working for the ad agency that, that he owned at the time. I don't remember exactly how much money I made that year, but it wasn't much. Barely made enough to get by. And I remember talking to one of the guys I worked with and I was just like, well, I only need $1,000 a month to survive, so I'm happy with that. So I think I made about $12,000 that year. But I was like, okay, I'm not getting the kind of traction that I want here. And this is kind of the big takeaway that I want to make with this video. It took me a good solid 10 years to figure my shit out, but I kept trying the whole time. I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. If I knew then what I know now, I could have done it way faster, but that's not how life works. I had to just figure it out. I realized that this was not gonna work like me freelancing and trying to get jobs at agencies and shit like that just wasn't gonna work at least not in seattle so i said there's cool shit happening in new york i should move there so i did and i was 24 just 2002 and what's crazy to me is that i moved there without uh, a job or a game plan or anything like that i think i maybe had saved up three thousand dollars or some like small amount of money. I worked there for a year. I worked at this place called NYCD that was, uh, we did like CD manufacturing, DVD manufacturing and stuff. I made $40,000 a year there. And then I think I made probably about another $5,000 that year from freelancing on various things. I did some work for Chase Jarvis and a few other clients. So I probably made like $45,000 that year when I was 24, which I felt pretty okay with. I, and I hated living in New York. Like 
absolutely hated it. I understand why other people like living there. I hated it. Still felt like I was not on the path that I wanted to be on. So I said, I need to go back to school. So I did. Uh, I made a video about this also about why I decided to go back to school at 25. I went to the University of Cincinnati and my first year there, I made a grand total of zero dollars. I got student loans to pay for my living expenses, which is part of the reason why my student loans were so high. After that, I did pick up some freelance work and I started working for Flow, the DVD magazine that I mentioned. Flow was super cool, but it was a crazy amount of work in addition to going to school. Uh, and I think I got paid $3,000 per issue of that. And we did four issues a year. So I got, I basically made $12,000 when I was 26. Then when I was 27, I was still doing flow the next year. So probably did another, a little bit of other freelancing and stuff then, but, but maybe I made $15,000. I quit flow because it was just like killing me to work that hard. And then I started working at Kaleidoscope, which is a product design firm that I worked for for the next uh, four years, I guess, three, four years. We did industrial design and engineering. Stuff I worked on mostly was like Procter & Gamble. So like Febreze and Swiffer were the big ones. I was 27 then, and I probably made $20,000 that year. Continued working there. I got hired full time. I don't remember exactly how much I made, but I do remember that by the end, uh, when I was 30, in my last year of school, I made $40,000 a year. Now, that's $40,000 a year in Cincinnati, which goes a lot farther than $40,000 a year in New York. But remember, I'm 30 years old, and I'm just about to graduate from college, still only making $40,000 a year. I probably did a little bit of freelance also as well, so maybe it was $45,000 in total. But point is, I was not making a lot, even at 30. Very disheartening. I never wanted to get rich. All I wanted to do was just be able to go to sleep at night and not like worry about money the next month. That's my whole life. I had always worried about money that way because you know I grew up fairly poor when I was little. My mom was single on welfare, all that stuff. And you know, even then after that, we lived off my dad's income and he was a corrections officer, so he didn't make a lot of money. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, 
You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. My whole life I had worried about money and all I just wanted was like, like I don't care about being rich. I just don't want to fucking feel stressed about money all the time. And here it is 30 years old and I'm still worrying about money. But just like Adam Carolla got his shit together at 31, I kind of got my shit together at 31 also. That's when I got a job at Abercrombie & Fitch. Uh, I was initially a graphic designer there, eventually moved into marketing, but I started that um, maybe like, I think it was about 20 days after I turned 31. I remember standing there, I went to a Hollister store to kind of look at product and stuff like right before I started that job. And I was like, holy shit, I did it. I said I was gonna like get my shit together by the time I was 31. I set that goal like six years ago and I did it. Holy shit. Still amazed that I pulled it off. The offer they gave me was $51,000 a year in salary as an associate graphic designer there. They gave me, I want to say a $6,000 signing bonus and $3,000 for moving expenses, even though I was moving from Cincinnati to Columbus, which is like a hour and a half drive. I was like, I just get to keep the money. And they're like, yep, whatever. Just that's your moving allowance. Take it. Oh, I was blogging at the time also, making a little bit of money from that, maybe like $500, three to $500 a month from that. So in total, I probably made like maybe like $60,000 that year because of those bonuses, but I did not get those bonuses the next year. So the next year when I was 32, I got a small raise like you do uh, every year at corporations. It'll give you like a three or 4% raise. So maybe I made $52,000 or something the next year. And then another I don't know, $5,000 or something in freelance stuff from the blogging. Uh, so maybe I made like $57,000 or something when I was 32. So that's okay. But, you know, given that I had $90,000 in student debt and a car payment and I was 32 years old and like almost nothing saved for retirement, I felt like I was pretty far behind the curve. I worked there for about another year and a half after that. I moved into a marketing role where I got a nice raise. And I remember by the end of the time that I was there. When I quit Abercrombie, I was making $71,000 a year, I think. Um, plus they give you some stock and stuff like that. And I did some freelancing. So maybe maybe I made close to 75 my last year uh, at Abercrombie between what I was getting paid there plus freelancing. Then I moved to Seattle. I said, fuck this, I'm out of here. No more Ohio for me. <laughs> moved back to Seattle again without a job. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but uh, I will tell this story another time. But I ended up at Creative Live, which is an online education company for creative people like photographers and graphic designers, people like that. Initially started there as just kind of a producer, which is sort of a just general title for somebody who gets shit done. I got $70,000, no, maybe, no, I got $75,000 I remember I got a small raise from what I was making at Abercrombie. I was totally willing to take a pay cut because um, I just needed a fucking job and I was so happy to be back in Seattle. I said, if they offer me 
anything over like 55, I'll take it because that's like the bare minimum I needed to, to live. But fortunately, I didn't have to. I got $75,000 from Creative Live there. Plus, again, maybe another three to $5,000 or something freelancing. So let's say I made 80 grand that year. Got a couple more raises. The first year I made $100,000 was 2015 when I was 36 years old. So I was getting $90,000 a year uh, at Creative Live. And then I was freelancing and doing a couple side hustles and stuff that got me another $10,000. That's the first year I made $100,000. That's when I started being able to like actually pay down my debts, started to breathe a little easy, which again is all I ever wanted, just to do something fairly cool with myself and not have to stress about money. In hindsight, I could have achieved that 10 years sooner had I kind of known what to do. Like if I could go back in time and tell myself at 20 years old, like, all right, dude, here's what you're going to do in the next five years. I could have gotten there way faster, but you know, that's not how life works. So if you're watching this and you're wondering like, how am I ever going to get my shit together? Is this ever going to fall in place? The message is don't give up. I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed many times before I ever figured it out. And again, I'm not like Grant Cardone. I don't have some like Lamborghini or something to show you as like, oh, look how successful I am. Like I enjoy what I do for a living, which is all I ever wanted. So if you are in this situation where you're wondering, is this ever going to work out? The answer is yes, it will work out as long as you don't give up. Keep at it. Keep grinding. You will figure it out eventually. I promise. Let me know if you had any of these similar kind of like false starts, one step forward, two step back kind of moments, what you did to get over them. Congratulations again to Lily for crushing it on TikTok. If you are interested in my coaching program, there's a link to that in the description. And... I will sign off for now, but I'll see you next time. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like the shadows. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.